Namaste. So, I want to share something, some thoughts from today's uh, Nidityasana meditation. The thought was around what is self realization, right? Who is realizing and what exactly is that self? The thought went like this for me. Um, finally, I think we are looking for something in us that is permanent, that does not change. Why is that? Well, if you look at our own lives, there is something in us that has remained permanent, right? The feeling of I has remained the same when we look back at our young adult self and as we as age, age went by and you know in our 20s and 30s there was that I that has remained the same and today we still feel that I and that I hasn't changed so in other words, there is some reality that we can we see for ourselves, we have experienced it, that, that it remains the same. So in other words, we are looking for something that is unchanging and that somehow within us, we feel it, we, we experience it. We've seen it over the years. So now, We want to look at different things and see what exactly is that unchanging thing, if it is a thing. So we start by looking at the body. And clearly, this unchanging entity principle cannot be the body because the body has visibly changed over the years. We went from a young adult to now and the body has changed and even within a few months or weeks it is different, feels different and from science we know that it's constantly changing. The cells are being produced and destroyed so what we know as body is I think what we feel as body today is a snapshot in time, right? So let's rule that out. Again, we are looking for something that's unchanging. Not because scripture said so, but because that's been our experience. It's been our experience that everything that we, ex we experienced in life is centered around something that has not changed. So in a way, it is similar to the clock phase. So unless the clock phase is fixed, time has no meaning. Everything is relative to the clock phase. So there needs to be something static around which change can be perceived. And the corollary, if change is perceived, then there must be something static. That static is what we're looking for. 
and that remains unchanged. So we ruled out body because that is changing. Now we look at prana and we, look, we rule that out. Again, that is something that's changing. The trickiest part is going to be the mind. Let's look at the mind. The mind is changing, the emotions, feelings. Buddhi is changing, the knowledge has changed. We, uh, we have learned a lot more. We, and also know a lot less about certain other things. Knowledge has changed. So then, what is it? So it needs to be, it is something that's beyond the body. It's different from the mind. It's different from intellect. So how do we realize this entity? To realize this entity, we need to employ the mind. Mind is the one that's realizing the entity. And it uses, the, the mind uses itself to realize the entity. Right? So, and, and this entity we're talking about is the self. So, for the mind to realize that, you know, we, we also rely on the scriptures here a little bit, which tells us that mind is a reflecting medium. So we looked at it, we look at it and say the mind reflects the self. Okay, how does that happen? Mind is matter. Matter is made up of the three gunas, Tamoguna, Rajoguna, and Sattvaguna. It's the Sattvaguna that has the property of clarity and is able to reflect the self. So now the pursuit or the next step in this process will be to increase the amount of sattva guna in our mind so that it can be a better reflecting medium. Why? Again, just linking it back to where we started so that it, we can, it can reflect it and see for itself in the mind what is the self. So, to become a better reflecting medium, we increase the, it, the sattva guna needs to be increased. And side effect, well, one way of doing that is by reducing the impurities in the mind. The impurities in the form of tamoguna and rajoguna. Why? Because as the impurities increase, decrease, the sattva has to increase. The three gunas play out in, in such a way that when 
one of them decreases, it has to be compensated by the increase in the other two or one of them. But when both Tamoguna and Rajoguna decrease, there's no other way but for Sattva to increase. Now, what are the tools for that? What are the practices? That's where Karma Yoga plays a part, removes the impurities. Impurities, when we say in the form of Rajoguna and Tamoguna, by reducing the or neutralizing the vasanas, neutralizing the samskaras. The samskaras are part of the impurities. Right? They they are they determine the the tamoguna, the rajoguna, and, and satoguna. So this neutralizes it by increasing the amount of sattva samskaras and decrease thereby decreasing the amount of rajo and tamo samskaras so we do that so we have different practices pranayama for instance or asanas asanas actually reduce the rajoguna and pranayama reduces the tamoguna thereby increasing satoguna. Meditation increases the satoguna. Right? So if you combine asanas, pranayama and meditation, the, the overall effect is that the satvaguna increases. Now as sattva increases, increases, it is able to reflect the self and at some point, the sattva is, is, is so vibrant that it's able to perfectly reflect the self. At which point, the mind realizes the self and is, becomes one with the self. Right? It becomes one with the self. I understand this state to be that of Samadhi, to be that of enlightenment. Because once we are able to reach the state, there's no difference between the mind and the self at this point in the sense that there's a perfect reflection of the self in the mind. Any action that's performed from this state is performed is very pure, is very, very pure because it's performed by the reflection of the self. The mind is so sattvic at this point that there is no likes or dislikes. The impurities are so low. Rajo and Tamoguna are so low at this point that the actions are pure. And these pure actions, when it, th these actions, when it comes out of, arises out of the state of purity of the mind, cannot create any mental impurities. 
it cannot add any more samskaras to your system in your mind right so it breaks the loop it breaks the loop and this is how i understand actionlessness to be because your mind is one with the self and the mind has well realized the self or understood the self and the mind is aware of the self at this point and any action performed from the state does not incur any more samskaras because it is born out of a very 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 pure mind this is actionlessness so you're performing in theory for the, in the physical world you're performing the action you are doing things you are making things creating things or teaching somebody all that is happening but it does not incur any samskaras so in a, in a, in a way it is actionlessness in action So, just to summarize this thought, we started by saying we want to understand what is self, and we we said self has to be something that is static, that's that does not change, and the the exploration took us the path took us towards finding what is it that does not change. So we ruled out different things. the body the mind the intellect and then we realized hey to understand it we need to the mind is the one that needs to employ um the tools the mind is the one that needs to realize it so we went along that direction and we realized we understood we spoke about the gunas and then the mind is a perfect reflecting medium and is able to perfectly reflect the self the mind realizes the self and becomes one with it and that's the state of samadhi thank you for listening these are some thoughts from june 7th 2020 thank you